Hey everyone, welcome to the Roadmap Benzinga's NFT show. We got a good one for you today. Going to be talking about CryptoPunks, Bored Apes, and music in Web3 with my friend Spotty Wi-Fi. I'm so excited for this episode. I told you guys about it on Tuesday. I even showed off this little guy, this sticker that I got from Spotty himself. So excited to talk the man, the legend, Spotty Wi-Fi. Don't go anywhere. This is The Roadmap. All right, everyone, as you heard me say, a great show today. CryptoPunks, Bored Apes, you hear me talk about them a lot. I get to talk to a guy who owns NFTs from both of those collections. He also is the rapping CryptoPunk. What does that mean and what is ahead for music and NFTs? Well, I'm glad you asked because I've got someone here who can explain exactly what those items are. So without further ado, everyone, welcome to the stream, Spotty Wi-Fi. Spotty, what's going on, brother? What's good, brother? I'm great, man. Excited to be here. We're, we're so excited to have you on here. Um, of course, I got to meet you at Benzinga's Future of Crypto event, which we just hosted back in December. It seems like it was just yesterday. But it was a couple months ago. Uh, but we'll get into to future of crypto later on. But uh, Spotty, I know you've got some exciting news, right? You've got a new album coming out. You've got a new single out. But I want to rewind the tape a little bit, right? And first, let's dive in to your start in music. So, you know, you've been doing music for a long time. Tell all our viewers how you got started in music prior to kind of the Web3 revolution. Yeah, I mean, I got started in music years ago, um, you know, literally when CDs were still a thing. Uh, and, you know, from 2006 to 2012, I was doing music full time, uh, writing, you know, as a songwriter, a performer, writing for myself, writing for other artists, uh, opening for big, big acts. You know, I opened for Snoop Dogg, I opened for T.I., T-Pain, Nas. Um, a, a lot of big artists at that time. Um, but it was during this transition where music was going from CDs to, uh, you know, Napster and then my, in MySpace and SoundCloud. And it was the blog era. So it was just a time where, ha you know, making music that people liked uh, was not necessarily going to pay the bills very easily, you know. So um, that was sort of my chapter one of my music career, 2006 to 2012. And then around, you know, during 2012, I started to just look for other opportunities because um, music wasn't really paying the bills very well for me, you know. So it was actually from 2013 to 2020, a total hiatus from music for me. Didn't write a single song, had a, you know, got a day job, got a desk job, got good at it. And just that became my career. Um, and then COVID pretty much just upended everything for me. And Web3 kind of became uh, a, a way that I carved out my own niche after that. 
Yeah, that's one of the things I really like about your story, right, is how Web3 kind of gave you that second chance at music. Like we just heard you say from 2013 to 2020, you know, you stopped working on music, stopped writing music. Like as someone, you know, who was so passionate about it, like that's kind of tough to hear. So that's why I'm excited to hear, you know, the second part of the chapter. So tell everyone, you know, we know you now by your CryptoPunk. Uh, it's there on the screen. It's behind you. It's on this sticker that hangs out on my desk. Uh, you know, tell everyone how you got started with CryptoPunks. Well, I I got into cryptocurrencies in late 2017, uh, right before the huge crash. So I had really bad timing, really bad entry into crypto, but I just held it all. And so, you know, in 2020, things started to recover, then COVID came, everything went down again, but then it started to recover again. So really during 2020, I lost my job because of COVID and crypto was like, just saving me, you know, it was my, my life, uh, life preserver. So in January of 2021, that's when I started hearing about NFTs. I'm on Twitter and I started hearing about NBA Top Shot. So I get into NBA Top Shot because I'm a sports fan. I used to collect cards and stuff. By February, um, I've met through Top Shot, some, I've met some CryptoPunk owners. One guy in particular, Crypto Novo, a really good friend of mine. And it was at that point that I said, okay, I have some crypto on the sidelines. Um, you know, I see Mark Cuban on YouTube at this time saying CryptoPunks are priceless. They're the rookie card of NFTs. So I said, let me take some of this crypto, which finally, after getting in at a really bad time in 2017, um, it's finally worth, you know, much more than I paid for it. So let me go ahead and buy a CryptoPunk and just see what happens, you know? So that's what I did. Uh, I bought this CryptoPunk that you see. And the reason I bought this one is because he has spots on his face. And you say, okay, why would that cause you to purchase this CryptoPunk? Well, the spots are a very rare trait. There's only 10,000 CryptoPunks and there are only 124 that have spots on their face. And that's a pretty rare trait for the price that I got this at. So I, I saw the spots as like a, a undervalued class of CryptoPunks. So made this my, you know, I bought the CryptoPunk, made this my Twitter profile picture. And all of a sudden I started getting followers, you know, as people in 2021, in the, in the you know, late winter and spring of 2021, when people started um, researching NFTs or hearing about them, they started following CryptoPunks on Twitter. And that's when I said, you know, I had this light bulb moment where it's like, I have a built-in audience right now. You know, I have a, an audience that there are people that own CryptoPunks. There's thousands of people that own CryptoPunks. And there's even more that are intrigued by them, you know, and that want to, want to hear what's going on with them. And that's when I decided I'm going to make a character. I'm going to, and I didn't see anybody doing this. You know, there was no, there were no CryptoPunk comic books. There were no CryptoPunk DJs. There, there were no board apes at this time, you know. So in April, I put out the first song called I'm Spotty, you know, kind of telling is a concept song and, and eventually became a concept album telling the story of this crypto punk in the metaverse. I love that. And I love hearing the NBA Top Shot, uh, myself included. I got my start in NBA Top Shot. Sports fan here, someone who collected trading cards as a kid. Very similar. And also so many guests that we have on the show. It still amazes me how many of them say like NBA Top Shot was the starting point it just shows like how valuable and how important that was to NFTs. Uh, so 
you know, you're, you're known as the rapping crypto punk. So you just said, you know, that no one was doing that. Obviously, that was kind of combining, you know, your new passion of Web3 and NFTs and music. But what was like the light bulb moment for you that was like, hey, I can turn this into a brand. I can be the one and only rapping crypto punk. I think it was the just seeing the passion of the owners, of the, the people that own crypto punks, you know, it was a weird, it, not weird, but it was just so much passion. People really, you can tell it's part of their identity. Like they are part of this community of crypto punks. And in their mind, you can tell that's a defining characteristic of them. And so to me, that was just something that really was interesting because that's like how you, that's how as a fan, I might feel about an artist. You know, I feel I like I'm, I'm a Nas fan, you know, or, you know, I'm a Snoop fan. I'm a fan of certain types of hip hop. And that's a defining trait to me. It's like the same with the CryptoPunks community. You know, if you understand the, the story of the CryptoPunks, the value of the CryptoPunks, then you're, you're in a small subset of people that kind of, you know, share that with you. So that was, that was part of it. And then also just thinking about sort of Web 2 artists that I admire that inspired me like, uh, the gorillas, you know, or MF Doom, or even Eminem and Slim Shady. Um, so just a lot of different groups or artists that had alter egos, you know, or had animated content. And um, the, so it was like, not really reinventing the wheel, but doing something in that vein, with an NFT, had, I hadn't seen that done before, and definitely not with the CryptoPunk, which is, you know, one of the most historic collections. So after CryptoPunks, of course, you got involved with Bored Apes, which we know as one of, you know, the the biggest and most well-known collections out there now. Um, so walk us through, you know, how did then, you know, was it being in the CryptoPunk community, that NBA Top Shot community, how did you find Bored Apes? And also, was there ever a consideration to maybe step aside from the rapping crypto punk and launch a rapping ape or to maybe do both uh, was that an idea too yeah so it's funny i put out my first song on april 16th i'm spotty and then i think it was the next day the board ape sent their first tweet and their mint was at the end of april I did not mint any board apes. Um, there were some crypto punks that did, like Jimmy ETH and Pranksy, of course. Uh, once Pranksy tweeted about it, it was over. It, it minted out that night. I remember that moment very well because I went to bed and chose not to mint any board apes. Um, but a few weeks later, it was about three weeks later on May 23rd, I realized that some of the apes have cheetah fur, cheetah print fur. And Spotty wears cheetah print pants, you know, cheetah print is like his thing, you know? So um, once I realized that I had the idea already that I wanted Spotty to have a metaverse hype man. So I went on OpenSea and I bought uh, this guy. He's a board ape, ape um, 6370, I think. I might be wrong, but anyways, I called him Goldrilla. He's got the, he's got the cheetah fur. He's got the hip hop uh, jacket and chain on. And it was like, yeah, that's it. So I bought him for 0.65 E on May 23rd. And uh, then in, in June, I bought more after the dogs came out because I thought the dogs were going to dilute the, pr the supply and the price of, of the board ape assets, but they didn't. And I said, okay. And I bought five more at that point. So 
you know, the and the board apes, they always embraced me. I was always one of the crypto punks starting on May 23rd, where I was championing for the board apes. And there was some um, there was some competition, you know, some rivalry and still is a little bit. So for me to be a crypto punk that kind of stepped out and said, oh, I, I, I like the board apes. I like the, the cheetah fur. I'm with the cheetah gang. Um, it was a fun time. And they've always showed me a lot of support in return, which is really amazing. And I made music about my board apes, you know, and in fact, to your question, like Gold Rilla does rap. Like I, he's on one song on my first album. He's on two songs on my new album that comes out in April. So yeah, I have uh, done music with my board. Ape. I've done music with another board ape that I have that I call Sergeant Simi. Um, he's 4065, my bad. I got my numbers wrong. Sergeant Simi is 8370, he's 4065. And they're both rappers, you know? So yes, it is something that, uh, that I'm always experimenting and creating with. Love it. Uh, so Board Apes, of course, we know that every year there is this massive event called Ape Fest, which is for holders within the community. And over the years, there's been some huge musical acts who have performed at Ape Fest. And one of those musical acts that has performed is yourself, you were at Ape Fest this past year and you opened for Eminem and Lil Wayne. Uh, I got to hear the story, right? How did you get asked to perform at Ape Fest and what was it like to be on the same stage? You know, this NFT event opening for, you know, these big, these big acts. Well, I I've been telling this story uh, not very much. I've been keeping this story kind of discreet because I don't want... <laughs> I don't want people uh, DMing him uh, too much, but yeah, basically I reached out to uh, Gordon, one of the founders of the Board Apes, who's always been super supportive. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know, they actually booked me for my very first performance as Spotty Wi-Fi, which was a metaverse performance. Um, I performed in their, they, the Board Apes have a casino in Decentraland, a metaverse casino, and I performed there uh, to celebrate their first uh, auction at Sotheby's last year, uh, 2021, actually. But anyways, after the first Ape Fest in 2021, I, I wrote to Gordon, I DM'd him and I just said, hey man, I had a great time at, at uh, Ape Fest. It was an incredible lineup. If you're ever looking for you know somebody from the community um, to open or anything like that, let me know, keep me in mind, it would be an honor. And so once they announced the second Ape Fest, that's when I, I just, I followed up and I was just like, Hey man, I'm so excited for Ape Fest. you know, would be honored if I could do anything. Just let me know if I, if, if there's potential. And, uh, he, he just made it happen, man. He made it happen. And huge shout out to Guy Siri, who I think led a lot of the curation as well of the music side of things. But, um, it was amazing. It was the biggest stage, biggest crowd I performed on as spotty opening for those guys. You mentioned Snoop Dogg also uh, headlined. And uh, it, the best part was, you know, two things. Number one, so many people in the crowd I knew, you know, from, from Board Ape events. And uh, so just seeing the support of people that I've come to know, you know, at different uh, events leading up to that point was really cool. And then the other thing was I was actually able to bring Bun B out on stage and, and he performed with me as well as Jim Jones, who's from New York City, of course, from Harlem, two legendary artists that I have songs with on this new album. And so to bridge that gap and, and bring artists that are, you know, legends in Web 2 and in traditional music industry and bring them to that Web 3 crowd, uh, that was really, really cool and, and something that I'm really proud of. 
that's awesome yeah uh great story there uh we love hearing it uh i i gotta hear just a little bit more before we move on about board apes right because you've been in the community since almost the mint right you said may um and you've seen it over the years, right? It's got lasting power. You even mentioned how you thought the price was going to be, you know, coming down because of the dogs coming out. We've seen these other collections, these other projects launch and Bored Apes have just held up. They've got that lasting power. We hear a lot about community, but like everything together, what is it that just makes Bored Ape Yacht Club you know, stand out and keep this lasting power? And why are you so you know, confident in the future of the project. Man, I'm pretty sure books will be written on this question. You know, uh, I will say the, the apes have a lot going for them. Um, the, when, when we talk about community, the board apes attracted a lot of creative type of collectors. You know, there's a, there are different motivations for different collectors. I think crypto punk collectors are more passive right? They're collecting these, they're sitting in their wallet. And it's like a, it's a statement piece. It's in their digital art collection. It's a talking point at like dinners with, you know, and parties with champagne and caviar and stuff like that. And that's fine. That's great. But the, when the board apes launched, they said, we're giving you all the IP rights. You can do whatever you want with your board ape if you own it. So that attracted a lot of people that want to and see the potential in using IP like this community-based decentralized IP to build a brand, you know, or to promote an existing brand. And so that's a huge advantage because they were the ones that did that with the most success. They also got large, you know, celebrities on board to, to the point where, and now it became a meme. It's like the board apes have meme power now where to, to in popular culture to, to, you know, the, the, the person walking down the street, it's almost like it's just a symbol of like, I, I don't know what the word is. It's a symbol of like people having more money than they know what to do with, whether it actually is that or not. And then you have, you know, it's the collectors. It's like a lot of us, we made so much on holding that once you're down to your last couple apes, it's like, well, what, why would I sell now? You know, like, let's see, let's see what's to come, you know? So there's a lot going for the apes. And, and of course, you know, the, 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 their, um, their, their treasure chest, you know, is pretty, pretty hefty to be able to build through a bear market. So now it's a game of catch up and the parent company, Yuga Labs bought the IP rights to the crypto punks, which by the way, is why I now know with certainty that I have the IP rights to do what I do. Uh, but they've just kind of established themselves as a juggernaut. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how much distance they can keep between themselves and other projects, other, you know, web three gaming, uh, IP type of projects, you know, throughout this, whatever the, the, the market has coming up in, in this cycle that we're in. So as I mentioned, you were at Benzinga's future of crypto conference, our first ever, um, back in December, we plan on doing that conference, you know, for years to come. And we put together, a bunch of different panels to talk about different areas of Web3 and NFTs. And you were on a panel uh, with Illmind and a couple other people to talk about, you know, music uh, and NFTs, right? How is Web3 revolutionizing music? Uh, can you just share a little bit of that experience? What was it like to be, you know, on this panel 
to, to give your thoughts on an overall industry in this growing market to a live and virtual audience? The conference was super dope. Um, and that was a really great panel. You know, Illmind is a legendary producer. He, he has worked with the top artists you can think of. And, um, and yeah, it was really cool. Michael Eckstein, you know, somebody I've become friends with was hosting the panel as well. And it, to me, like Ben, you know, you guys, Benzinga, uh, sharing that platform with and, and, and using your platform, not only to talk about NFTs potentially, or, um, you know, Web3 in general, in terms of, of NFTs, but specifically music and entertainment, that's major because there, there is a time not too long ago where you could go to a, a, a conference specifically about NFTs and not hear about entertainment or music, you know? And so now to have a publication like Benzinga that is really covering a lot more than NFTs, you're, you're putting a, lot, a limelight on a very, very niche thing right now that, that has, you know, huge potential in the future. And, and that is super exciting to me. It's one of my goals was to like, not just be a, a rapper that represents NFT uh, collectors and culture, but a, a rapper that, uh, an artist that can represent the crypto community more broadly in a way that everybody uh, can be proud of, you know? So, so I appreciate you guys sharing the platform. It was a, a great, great event. Man, I, I love hearing that. I got, I got some little goosebumps going on right now, right after, after that comment. Uh, you know, so Spotty, one of my questions I asked people before Future of Crypto uh, was why are in-person events so important, right? To, to communicate with each other, to network, to get the word out, right? We talk so much, you know, on Discord, on Twitter spaces. What is it about an event, you know, like Future of Crypto or ApeFest, some of these other events, why are they important to have these in-life real events alongside all that digital connection? Well, I think for one thing, you know, I think of it as a performer, as a, as a musician, um, for me, li live events are never going away. You know, they're not replaceable uh, in full. As, as big as, as the metaverse will get and, and as digital as our lives will become, there's always going to be that human need for face-to-face -face interaction, you know, human touch, reaching out, shaking somebody's hand. Um, and I think that you can distill a lot. You can, you can, make a, a much stronger person impression in most cases than you can online, you know, and, and th we, we just, we understand that things get done when people are in the same room at a much faster pace than when you're talking, you know, in a group of 10 people on Twitter spaces or in a group of a thousand people on discord, you know? So um, I think that we, we have to find those opportunities, take advantage of them, make the most of them. And also brought in the audience that they're relevant to. You know, I think in-person events, and for me, especially music and concerts, are such a massive opportunity to onboard people, help people understand the value of any type of blockchain, um, you know, application, including ticketing. You know, just me getting into the, the micro and the tactics of it, I just think... Uh, one of the areas where we're going to see web three really show its value for everyday people very, you know, in the short term in the next few years is going to be live event ticketing. And, and these things are already digital for the most part. So why shouldn't they be something that the person can really own and trade and, and 
reap rewards from in the future. So um, a lot of reasons, human to human interaction, but then also just tools that we can use to show the, the benefits of, of the tech. Well, Spotty, I think you uh, read some of my questions because uh, one of my questions later on was going to be about tickets, right? Because uh, that's an area where I see, you know, the blockchain and Web3 being huge. Um, we obviously saw this big, uh, let's call it a fiasco with Ticketmaster and Taylor Swift tickets and Taylor Swift fans. Um, you know, as a musician, as a performer, uh, what is it, you know, that you think with the blockchain that can just, you know, make ticketing so much better and also as a sports fan right you mentioned being a sports fan you know lebron broke the record the other night for points but a ton of people right. don't have a souvenir a digital ticket from that right they might have you know scanned their ticket and they can't even prove that they were at the game why why is it so important to see tickets being done with the blockchain well you hinted at it you know i think we all have those stories of like sports fans at the bar are going to talk about what's the best game you've been to, you know, what's the, what's the best player you've seen play live or music fans are going to talk about what's the band that you saw at some hole in the wall bar, you know, before they became big. And we love to brag about those things because it's social currency, right? Like I always talk about seeing the killers uh, at the rave in Milwaukee on one of the smaller stages with maybe 30 people in the room or something like that before, you know, before they blew up. Um, but I have no, I have no uh, souvenir from it. You know, I didn't buy a t-shirt and if I did, I would even probably still have it today. It definitely wouldn't fit. Right. If I, if I had bought a vinyl record, um, like who knows if I would have, if it would have gotten lost in one of the many times that I moved over the past few years, things like that. Um, so yes, the collectible nature of it alone, I think is really cool. You know, I, you know, people collect ticket stubs, physical ticket stubs, have them framed and things like this. Uh, but that's sort of a dying thing as tickets become more digital. And then, you know, even thinking about from the vendor's perspective, you know, if I'm, if I'm a league like the NBA, um, those souvenir sales on the secondary market can be a revenue stream now, right? And any future success of, a player, a team, a franchise, whatever, can be a reason for so, to, to say, hey, we're airdropping you this new thing. You know, you, you know, LeBron just broke the record. If you've been to a LeBron game in the past 12 months, we're sending you, uh, you know, a 23% discount on this T-shirt, whatever it is, you know, loyalty and rewards on the vendors, uh, from the vendor's perspective is, um, and from the, the consumer's perspective, I think can be a lot more frictionless when you're talking about blockchain um, and from the consumer's perspective you don't necessarily need my first and last name my address my shoe size and all this other personally identifiable information in order to reward me and incentivize me to be a repeat customer so there's just so many levels to how it can manifest um, and i'm bullish i think the nba will probably be the first ones to continue to to innovate like you know, we talked about Top Shot. They're, they're always trying to stay ahead on, of the curve on tech. And um, hopefully, you know, we'll have players that big in the music industry that are also, you know, thinking that way. 
Yeah, I just, Spotty, I love that conversation so much. I, I've got some physical ticket stubs, you know, in a box saved from concerts I went to as a kid. I've got some framed, but within the past couple of years, I don't have any, right? Because it was like either print out a paper ticket or scan your phone. And once you scan your phone, your ticket's gone, right? So I really like the collectible aspect of that. And also, like you said, the frictionless technology, right, for the venues, Um but also those secondary sales, that's an excellent point and why I think, you know, the leagues should be paying attention, right? Like, look at these leagues. They always want a piece of the money train, right? So that's that's another way where they can get some. And I agree with you. The NBA has been pretty, you know, on top of things in Web3. So I could see them, you know, being first. You know, and one other thought is taking the LeBron James example, um, you know, what kind of direct data does LeBron have on, on who's coming to the games today? You know, he probably doesn't have as much data as he would have if, if those tickets were on a public blockchain and he could just publicly at any time uh, reward people for coming to games or for showing him support, things like that. That's an excellent point, right? Hey, anyone who came to catch me, you know, that last game, yeah, he, he could send something their way. Um, you know, yeah, great points all around. Well, Spotty, I want to get into, you know, music and your, you know, recent releases, your upcoming releases. So let's rewind the tape again and talk a little bit about your first album, uh, I'm Spotty, which was a concept album based on the metaverse. So you know, what was it about I'm Spotty that, you know, made it a concept album and kind of did what other people hadn't already done in the music space? So, yeah, the, the, the first album in 21 was, you know, introducing this character to the world, you know. So the first song is literally I'm Spotty, you know, and it's it's a funny song. It's a humorous song. You know, I got lots of spots. Your girl wants to come play Connect the Dots, things like this. Just kind of giving you the vibe and the attitude of this this character in the in the metaverse. You know, and then there's a song with my guy Goldrilla, Elite Ape, talking about how Spotty's, you know, he's cool with the the apes, even though the punks don't always get get along with them. And he's part of the cheetah gang because he's got spots, things like that. We got we had the crypto punk theme song, which was the theme song for this crypto punk comic book. And there's even like a love interest, a crypto punk love interest, R&B jam, you know, smooth jam. So it's very like conceptual from this POV of this character. And so this new album, The King's Alpha, the concept from day one was we're going to collaborate with mainstream artists and bring Spotty into the real world from the metaverse, you know. Um, and so there are um, a, mostly you know, mainstream uh, artists that I collaborated with. I do have a couple songs with Goldrilla. I also have a song with a, a metaverse character named Bart Oatmeal. That's the, the metaverse alter ego of former NBA player Baron Davis, who's also a dope rapper. So we have a song together. It's actually already out. It's called Believers. You can check it out. Um, but yeah, we got Snoop on the album, uh, which is the song that's out now, which is the intro and title track. Uh, the song's called The King's Alpha, which the album is also called The King's Alpha. Bun B is on the album. Uh, Jim Jones is on the album. Alan Kingdom, Psalm 1. Timbaland mixed the song on the album. So we really, I'm really proud of, like, we, we definitely achieved our goal of making something that is collaborative with, you know, the artists that I looked up to or and still look up to 
you know, from from mainstream music. So before we get into the song, I, I know everyone out there is dying to hear this. We definitely want to play it. Uh, I've listened to it. I, I know it's a dope song already, but a lot of people probably haven't heard it. Spotty, walk us through, you know, how this album is also tied into NFTs. How can people get involved with it? What do they get in return and how long do they have uh, to get involved here? So there's 10 songs on the album. Uh, a few of them are already out uh, and there have been NFTs for them. A few more, there will become NFTs for them. This is uh, the latest drop, the King's Alpha featuring Snoop Dogg. It is an NFT that's available until Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's limited time quantity uh, available. So, you, so once it's done on Sunday at 5 p.m., no more can be minted. There's 53 right now. Um, I think uh, it's going to be a, a cool collectible. It's definitely my lowest supply. Uh, usually I've done higher supplies. And um, and this one I just wanted to do something really special for, you know, make it more rare. And so I hope you guys will check it out. But even, even, if, uh, even if you just want to listen to the song, all, my music almost always, I put it on Spotify, I put it on YouTube. I put it on title, Apple Music, so you don't have to own the NFT in order to listen. That's awesome. And I did drop that link in the chat right now. So you can go check that out again through Sunday, 5 p.m. So before the Super Bowl kicks off, check this out. Get yourself an NFT from Spotty Wi-Fi. Well, Spotty, what do you think? Should we uh, should we play the song and let viewers hear what the King's Alpha is all about? Yeah, let's do it. I say so. All right, Alyssa, when you're ready. I don't want to sound all dramatic or anything, but this is a very, very, very pivotal moment. Like, it really, really is. I see this in the same way as, you know, seeing Bun co-sign Drake, like, back in 09 or whatever, just in those that could see what was about to happen, could see what was going to happen. It's like, it's kind of like that whole thing all over again. I'm spotty, yes, so obvious, no less, I gotta let him know the king of punks, but the king's alpha out to death row, who you know is spazzing that up, Basil with the trilogy, grilled by Johnny Dang, boy, you can't get these at Tiffany's, who told you by the dips, yeah, you know I meant dipset, well, all about to A-Fest, yeah, I did that, yesterday's price is obsolete, now I'm so selective, off the leash, video, I set off all the smoke detectors. Should have sold the top. I'ma make it back in one flip. Buy low, sell high, working like I punched in. Even if you had a pump, you could never pump him. 55, 28, they hate the way I bust it. Better down, play me, designate me lightning in a bottle. Never fold digital gold. My ledger, El Dorado, a cold winner. Hope you got yourself a war chest. Made a quick meal off of profile portraits. Yeah, that's Spotty, Buck. Hey, Spotty, you are inspiration over here. You got to know that. We're going to tell everybody the story because they may not know. When we got off into this, we called Spotty because Spotty's the number one guy, and we respect him, and he had came over here and did some music, you know, showed us love and basically welcomed us into the blockchain. We, we, we like to say that you like the motherfucking, uh, you, the, you the top dog over here, you know what I'm saying? So we fuck with you, and we love what you're doing, and you gave us the inspiration. When they see me met a person, they say, Spotty, y'all some other shit. Champ a decent person. 
personally brought me to the mothership. Real recognized, real yes in our DNA. Seven months later, she the gang at the VMAs. The underground king of parts, too hot for television. Do it for the love of it. Never needed recognition. Rap game pioneer. I'm solid and I stay committed. Couldn't tell me nothing after Tyler said he fucking with it. Go to prove, don't need no reviews from a Fontana. And I ain't worried about none. Shout out Montana. My debut album or release, they did a quarter meal. No cash advance, no TikTok dance, no record deal. 2021, they said I didn't have a copyright. Now I said and done, and I'm the one they trying to copy, right? I'm never scared, you was never there. Face the truck and bend the knee for your favorite punk's favorite punk. What? Yes, sir. Everybody? Man, that song. Uh, I've been listening to it uh, for a bit because I know it was out. I mean, I love all the connections, right, to, to Web3 NFTs. I mean, we got buy low, sell high. We got like, I'm going to make it back with one flip, right? These are things that people in the NFT space, they, they say they know. So I love all the connections. Like, what goes into to writing these songs, right? And connecting music to, to NFT terms, crypto terms, like, does that just come naturally to you now since you're in both spaces? Or is that something where, you know, you've got to kind of think about it and how am I going to, you know, connect the fans into these lyrics? Man, that's a good question. Uh, it's, it depends sometimes, you know, I, I've been writing uh, a lot of music lately too. That's going to come out later in the year. That is, uh, is not, there aren't as many, there aren't crypto references in them, you know, and it just, it just sort of happened that way. I was just doing a bunch of writing with this dope producer and we had like four songs done and we, and, and we just realized like after a couple of days, like, Oh yeah, we haven't even talked about any crypto stuff. And it's like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. We're just going to make some fun party music and that's going to come out later this year. Um, but you know, these songs, uh, I guess I just knew for this album, you know, for the King's Alpha, um, because the mission of the album is to bridge the gap, you know, and, and use music as a, a device for education and, um, and just a channel to build relationships between my community, people that support me and the other artists on the album. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting, you know, and, and I try to like, I don't know. It's, it's a fine line sometimes. Like some songs are, some songs are like, I don't know if anybody outside of the crypto world will, will know what I'm talking about. Other songs, it's like, oh, this one really has like a double meaning or a triple meaning. This song could mean so many different things to different people. Um, and I think there's a good mix of that on this album. You know, there's a couple songs that are very much like for my board ape, you know, community. Um, and then there's other songs uh, that I think are like, hopefully anybody will hear it and just, and just take, take their own um, meaning for it in a way that they, they dig. So it's, uh, it's never, it's never a one size fits all thing. And, and to be real with you, like that line that you quoted, I said, I should have sold the top. I'm going to make it back in one flip. Like that was real. That was really real. And um, you know, once the bear market set in, like, man, it did take me a few weeks to really be in the mood to write anything about crypto, you know, cause like, it's like, man, this, this is going to be an emo album, you know, and I, that's not really what I had in mind. 
Um, and it's actually this particular song, the music for this song is, is produced by a guy named Danny Ives. And when he sent me this, I was having a little bit of writer's block. And then this song just really like, it came very smoothly. The verses just kind of flowed uh, in terms of like getting some things off my chest uh, after like several weeks of, of being in my feelings about the, the turn in the market. So part of that song is some great commentary and quotes from Snoop Dogg, right? So, you know, you're well-respected in the crypto space body, in the music space, but what does it mean to hear this praise from a legend like Snoop Dogg and helping him get involved in Web3? Like, what does that mean as an artist? Man, it's an incredible thing. You know, it's it's a cosign that, you know, money can't buy. And, you know, Snoop is, is, there's almost no word that does him justice. Like he's, he's an icon, of course, he's a legend. Um, he's a pillar, but I mean, he's, he's literally got to be the most recognizable rapper, if not musician, if not celebrity, if not human on the planet, you know? And so for, and, and also, he, I think, has been very thoughtful about his approach to entering Web3. You know, his son, Champ, uh, kind of leads uh, those efforts and le leads the, the team there with a, a lot of other really great team members around him. And, you know, they, they, they took an approach. Uh, a, lot, a lot of what Snoop has done is the advice that I give to people that are interested, artists that are interested in getting into Web3, which is Snoop started as a collector. You know, he bought a ton of land, a digital land. He owns Bored Apes. He owns CryptoPunks. He owns all sorts of NFTs. And that was really how he introduced himself to the NFT world throughout probably the first half of 2021. So I just really, it's, it's, it's incredible, not only because of how large his platform is, uh, but also with, you know, I think how respectfully he's like you know engaged with the space so it's it's amazing man i can't it's it's surreal it's really surreal the guy's been you know at the top of his game since the early 90s you know and uh for him to continue to innovate is incredible and then and you know he's there's no reason he needed to say those nice things or give me flowers. You know, he, it was totally like, what does he have to gain from it? You know? So it was just uh, a, a lot of gratitude that I've always felt, you know, ever since he, he kind of gave me that support. I, I love that story. I also, you know, I'm a big fan of what Snoop and Champ are doing in the NFT space. I had the honor of hearing them speak at VCon, right. Got to hear a lot about Snoop's kind of vision and also Death Row Records, right, where he started, he bought the company and he has plans to make sure that it is involved in Web3, right, and giving artists more control, uh, more of their rights, etc. So have you talked to, to Snoop and given, you know, some advice, some commentary on how Death Row can, you know, be engaged within the NFT community? So I've talked strategy with his team, you know, and with Champ. So basically what happened was I sold my first album as an NFT. Um, it did very well. This was in August of 2021. Uh, it, it got some good press and it was very innovative in terms of how, the, how it was distributed. 
Shortly after that, his son Champ DM'd me on Twitter and we got on the phone and uh, he told me like, I just bought your NFT. You know, it's, it's you know, really dope what you're doing and, and how you've done it. So like, you know, I want to learn, you know, he, he, he wanted to like exchange information, exchange ideas and stuff like that. So uh, I went out to LA pretty much this week, a year ago, it was the week of the Super Bowl, And I went out to LA, met with uh, Champ and some of the other death row artists, got in the studio, we worked on music, we talked about web three, and my experience. And then that week, actually, uh, they ended up dropping an NFT for Snoop's new album back on death row, it sold $44 million worth, which is incredible. Um, I think the only reason people don't know about that as well as they know about Beeple's $69 million sale is because it happened the week of the Super Bowl, you know, and, um, and Snoop was performing at halftime of the Super Bowl. So like there was a pretty dense, you know, concentration of like headlines and news uh, already to compete with. Uh, but yeah, we did three songs together that week with his artists. Um, those went out on like, uh, the first ever NFT mixtape from Snoop Dogg. So that was incredible. And, um, and yeah, we, had, we, we actually met Snoop very briefly that whole week. It was really more so with his team. And then the audio that you heard on the song was when we kind of reconnected and it was as if we were meeting for the first time on Twitter spaces. So he said these amazing things on Twitter spaces and it, it kind of went, you know, mini viral in terms of like, it reached way more people that then knew about me before, you know, a lot of people that was their first time hearing about me. So we had the idea once I, once I had written the verses to this song, I didn't really have a hook in mind for it. And then it just hit me like, it would be really dope as I'm telling this story to use that audio clip um, and, and reached out to Snoop and his team and they, they dug it, they agreed and have been super supportive. Well, I think it's perfect in the song. Uh, along with the song, The King's Alpha, I also heard that we may have a music video for that song coming out soon. Is that something uh, you can confirm? And uh, let's let's talk a little bit about it. Yes, can't confirm. The music video is done. It's ready. Uh, it's really dope. I, it turned out like way better than I ever imagined. The idea was we wanted to do like a, we wanted to use a lot of like file footage um, of, of my journey over the past couple of years, as well as some footage of me at, at Snoop's compound and, and working with his team and stuff. So thankfully uh, some really good friends of mine uh, led by Joe Heslinga. He's a, he's a, a documentarian, a filmmaker. Uh, he's been making a film about the board apes and he is a board ape. Uh, for the past year or more than a year. So I've been, you know, knowing him since then. I've done some interviews with them. They've come to my house and filmed. So they helped me put it together and, and edited the whole thing. And so it's really, to me, it's like a mini documentary in, in itself, this three minute uh, music video. But yeah, I'm super excited to share that. I think the the visuals bring the song to life in a really, really cool way. And it's coming soon. We, we were originally planning to drop it like really soon, like this week. Um, but we're, we're actually going to put it out a little later because we, we, we don't want to compete with the Super Bowl, as I was talking about before. Um, and, and we're getting some good traction with the song. So we're going to let the song ride out for a little bit longer and drop it uh, later this month.
I just have to share to be completely transparent, guys. I have seen the music video. It is awesome. It is dope. You guys are going to love it. Um, so I'm excited when it comes out, Spotty, and I know everyone else will be too. Uh, I got a question for you here. Uh, so on Benzinga, we host some Twitter spaces from time to time, uh, usually called Crypto Open Mic. And one of the themes that they're working on is doing a sort of a rap battle uh, within the world of crypto. So Spotty, I got to know, if Spotty Wi-Fi comes to that rap battle, are you going to take home that crown? How's it going to go? I mean, to be honest, I'm really not much of a battler. Um, I'm more of a songwriter, but I definitely want to come out and support. You know, maybe you can spare me from the the being one of the gladiators in the arena. You know, maybe there's a, maybe there's an opportunity for me to like, you know, be a be a spectator. Maybe or you a can judge. You could judge otherwise. I didn't want to be so presumptuous to say that, <laughs> but you know, um, that would be cool. I would love that. Um, but I, I do just love, I love the concept. I love that you guys are doing that. And I just love how Twitter spaces and voice chat, you know, is, uh, it's a blessing for us musicians, you know, cause I think we have a unique advantage and able to show, show our stuff, you know, in, in that arena. So I, I love it. Awesome. Well, Spotty, before we let you go, uh, one of our favorite things to do with our guest here on the show talking NFTs is to play some Would You Rathers, where we put up kind of two different NFT collections, maybe a different quantity, and ask, you know, which side would you take? Um, so, Alyssa, if you want to hop on with us here, too. Uh, Spotty, I love this first one, which we've done with some past uh, guests. Since you own a CryptoPunk and a Bored Ape and you're in both communities, uh, would you rather own a gold fur bored ape or a zombie crypto punk spotty man that's tough uh man that's really tough but i'm the, i'm the king of the punks man i'm i'm the i'm the crypto punk rapper i think i got to go with the crypto punk man a zombie would be that would be very nice i would not be mad about having a zombie crypto punk in my wallet at all See, we did this one on Tuesday, and I said, I said for me, gold for board ape right now because Yuga has rewarded uh, much better their ape community, and I think the crypto punk's more iconic. It'll have that lasting value, but I think if you have the gold for board ape, you're gonna get stuff along the way, and I think maybe you could create a good identity around that. Uh, Alyssa, yeah. you said you said the ape as well, right? Yeah, but every time I go back to this question, <laughs> I change my mind. <laughs> well, especially after seeing Spotty on screen, right? And now we exactly. know like what a punk can be and can do, right? Like we see so many people building identities around apes, but like here's the punk use case right here on screen. So, yeah. Uh all right, well here's here's another one. It's within the Yuga Labs community. So Spotty, think for a minute that you don't own any Yuga Labs assets. If you were getting involved and you had enough Ethereum, would you rather buy one board ape or five mutant apes? Ooh, okay. Um, man, that's tough. That's <laughs> tough. That's tough. Um, I think I would go with the mutants. I think I got to go with the mutants. Yeah, because... 
I think, like you said, you're going to get, you're going to get some airdrops. You're going to get some, some privileges. You're going to get multiples. Then I think you're going to get tickets to eight fest. You're going to get a lot of things. And once you start talking about the IP, like you got five characters. Now you could build a TV show whatever you want to build. So that's tough. That's tough. But, but you know what, at the end of the day, a mutant ape is an ape and if a yep. mutant ape is, is in the yacht club, you are in the yacht club. So I'll take the five mutants for sure. Yeah, I agree. I would take the five mutants and it's kind of like your song lyrics say, right? You can flip them. So maybe I flip a couple mutants along the way and work up to having a board ape and a mutant ape. So I think there's value in having five versus one, um, but that's just me. Alyssa, I can't remember where you stand on this. You probably change it up, but. I do change it up every time, but I'm going to go with the five mutant apes because everything Spotty said, I agree with, especially having the IP of five different characters. Definitely. All right. Another Yuga one here. Uh, Spotty, would you rather own one mutant ape or nine other deed for other side NFTs? See, this is one where I think my answer might not age well, but I'm still going to go with it, I think. I think I'm still going with the mutinate. But I'll say if, if, if the other side comes even close to what it looks like it might be in terms of um, just being fun and... and, uh, and, and there's a chance that, you know, having, you said nine parcels of land. Yep, nine. Yeah, that, that could be pretty dope. I'll say this, though, too. Right now, we don't have a, a ton of information about, yep. like, what, what you'll be able to do with those parcels. They hint, they didn't hint. They kind of said you'll be able to connect them. So you could maybe that's one huge piece of land that you have. But I'll say with, with all the variables and, the, and, and, and whatnot that we have now, I know more about a mutant's value than I do about the parcel's value right now. So I'll go with the mutant. I like that. I think I probably said mutant before, but I, I'm kind of on that second part of what you said. If the other side is anything like they have plans for and hearing Garga speak at Future of Crypto and like the passion he has and how that's like their ultimate thing that they're working on. I, I think that in the long run, I think the other deeds end up being the value play there. So I think I would take the nine. How about you, Alyssa? Me too. I'm patient. I'll take the nine. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think you lose either way. Like that's the important thing with, with all these would you rathers, right? Is like you're not losing. Uh, Spotty, I, I got I got one for you here. And I don't I don't know how you feel about this because all I know you for is punks and apes. But uh if we talk about some other NFTs here, uh these are both similar valued on the floor right now. Would you rather own a clone X or a doodle? Oh man. I, I, <laughs> oh, this is tough, bro. I have had, um, I've had a, I've had a lot of, um, feedback for both of these collections. Um, not a huge fan of either of these collections. I just sold my doodle for a huge, for a pretty big loss, uh, to before the end of the year for tax purposes. Um, and yeah, I'm, I, I hate to say it, but I would I would get a clone X at this point. I think I think I would do the clone X. Yeah, I feel like I like what Doodles are doing now, but I still think as someone who's watched the stock market for a while and how big Nike is, 
I still feel like Clone X because of having the Nike team behind it would be the the play for me. How about you, Alyssa? Um, I like Clone X more than I do Doodles at the moment. So I'll go with the Clone X. <laughs> All right. One more here before we let you go, Spotty. Again, I don't know how you feel about either of these collections. Uh, how about would you rather own two cool cats or one pudgy penguin? Oh, man. I have a feeling you you do know my thoughts on some of these collections. and that's your, I don't, uh, but I feel like I'm starting to learn it. <laughs> um. Okay, you said two cool cats. Two cool one... cats or one pudgy penguin. And I'm okay. Um, man, I actually do like the cool cats. I used to have. Uh, I I used to be on bad terms with the cool cats, but we're we're on. I think we're on really good terms right now. I like the cool cats community. Uh, my wife has a really really nice cool cat, but I will say that um, you know I like. The, I like how the Pudgies have found this audience with like more mainstream crypto traders, you know, and, and influencers. Like, I think that's pretty dope. I think I don't own any Pudgy Penguins, but I think that's pretty bullish. If during a bear market, you have people like Kaleo and, and some of these other, um, you know, big crypto influencers, not even NFT influencers. If they're if they're talking about pudgies during a bear market, I think that's pretty bullish and I'll take the one one pudgy. Yeah, this one's changed for me. Um I've interviewed both teams. I've, you know, hung out with uh, the founders of these projects before. Um but hearing Luca from Pudgy Penguin speak at Future of Crypto and how 2023 is going to be the year of the penguin. Like, I don't think I would bet against Luca right now. So I, I would take the one. Alyssa, what about you? The pudgy. They dominate. <laughs> year my... of the penguin, baby. Year of the penguin. <laughs> They're all over Twitter. Okay. Yeah. I just can't say no to them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Spotty, that was fun to play Would You Rathers. We appreciate you playing that too, brother. That was super fun. That's, that could have been a whole show. I love it. We we might have to do that. We've done that on Twitter Spaces before, and people have so much fun with it. I got to make some more, though. We've been doing the same ones. Um, we got to expand it to, to some of these newer collections. I mean, maybe checks and other stuff. So, oh, yeah. uh, But you guys have the link in the chat right there to get more information on Spotty's new album, his new single, how you can own a piece of it. Check that out before 5 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. You can follow Spotty on Twitter. You can hit him up. Let him know how much you love that new song. And stay tuned for the new music video. But again, Spotty Wi-Fi, the legend, the rapping crypto punk. So honored to have you on the show, Spotty. Anything else to let viewers know about before we before we hop off? um no just you know tap in with me you know give me a follow come say hi in my discord and just huge shout out to you chris and Alyssa, everybody at benzinga logan much much love thank you guys awesome well there is spotty and his twitter that's gonna do it for us today stay tuned more great benzinga content coming up soon smash that like subscribe to the benzinga youtube channel more great NFT interviews coming your way. And as always, take care and stay safe out there. See ya.